from the North Devon coast to the Atlantic shores, from the tropical rainforests to the sunny Azores, from Icelandic wastelands to Australian deserts. This is Cauldron FM, where the magic really happens. Enter Merlin! But beware, do not interrupt his magic! Welcome to this new musing of Merlin here on Cauldron FM. I just want to let you know that this show is sponsored by Magic Planet Performing Arts, creating a global community through performance. And so the way the show is actually going to work today is it's in three parts. And the first part is a short, very brief history of the celebration of Yule, where it all came from. The second part then we'll move into looking at one a couple, a couple of the myths that surround the festival, particularly the one about mistletoe. And then finally, I'm going to give you a little bit of a Yule time fairy story. Hopefully, you'll enjoy the whole three parts of the show and the music that I tack into it as well. So for the time being, here is the history of Yule. Many cultures hold winter festivals and they are celebrations of light, Two of the most well-known of these are Christmas and Hanukkah. Yule is another well-known festival taking place on the winter solstice, usually around the 21st of December. On that day the earth tilts away from the sun in the northern hemisphere, meaning it is at its greatest distance from the equatorial plane. Because it is a sun festival, the most important aspect is light, created by candles and bonfires etc. In the Northern Hemisphere, this solstice has been celebrated for thousands of years. The Norse people saw it as a time for feasting, merrymaking and sacrifice. The Yule log, decorated trees and wassailing can all be traced back to those Norse origins. The Celts of the British Isles celebrated midwinter, although there is not much documented about the things that took place. 4,000 years ago, the ancient Egyptians took the time to celebrate the daily rebirth of Horus, the sun god. As their culture flourished, other cultures followed suit, and they joined the welcoming practice. All went well until the days began to get cooler, and their crops began to die off. The earth year was a cycle of life, death and rebirth, and eventually they realised that the sun did, in fact, return of its own free will. Winter festivals were also common in Greece and Rome, as well as Britain. However, Christianity began, and pretty soon, although there was resistance at first from the pagans, soon the majority were worshipping a new holiday on December the 25th. In the traditions of Wicca and paganism, the Yule celebration comes from the Celtic legend of the battle between the Oak King and the Holly King. The Oak King represents the light of the new year to come, and in battle he tries to usurp the old Holly King, who is a symbol of darkness. 
This battle is sometimes reenacted in Wiccan ritual. So that brings me to the end of the first part. And I'm now going to play a piece of music. And when I return, I will go and explore the myths attached to mistletoe. So enjoy the sound of Chucklefoot and Stompy going back to London. Hi, well, welcome back again. And uh, now we move on to the second part of our Yule show. And uh, this is talking about some of the legends and myths that are attached to it. In particularly, um, we're going to look at mistletoe. So, the Greek physician Dioscorides, author of Material Medica, found that mistletoe helped cure patients of external tumours. He described it thus, It has the power to disperse, soften, drawing and assisting tumours of the parotid gland and other lesions. Some forty or so years later, Pliny the Elder wrote about the treatment of sores and epilepsy with mistletoe. 
he wrote that Druid elders performed rituals during which they harvested mistletoe from oak trees with golden sickles. The parasite was collected during a waxing moon phase and fed to animals to guarantee their fertility. As part of the rite, a pair of white bulls were sacrificed, and, if the prayers were answered, prosperity would be enjoyed by the villagers. During the Roman times, they celebrated the solstice with the festival of Saturnalia. This week-long celebration involved exchanging gifts, lots of food and wine, dancing and music. Slaves were given the week off, the courts were closed, and all kinds of debauchery took place. The festival was in honour of Saturn, who was an agricultural god, so to keep him happy, all kinds of fertility rituals took place under the mistletoe. As the Roman Empire began to crumble, and Christianity began to spread, a rumour began in France that the cross Jesus was crucified upon was made from mistletoe. As a punishment for its part in the crucifixion, the plant was forbidden to grow out of the earth, and it was forced to become a botanical parasite thus explaining why it is now found on the virtuous and well-behaved oak and ash trees. During medieval times, the medicinal property of mistletoe surfaced again, and it appears documented in several folk remedies. Twigs of mistletoe could be hung in bundles over doors to ward off demons. Sprigs were often placed in stables to keep animals safe from witches. It was believed by rural folk to be the best cure for a barren woman. It seems to have been voted a cure for all and any problems associated with conception. And even the Cherokee people used this plant as an aid to abortion, because it was a plant of mystery. Mistletoe has no roots of its own, and it latches on to the host by way of small extensions called holdfasts. These then act like an umbilical cord, and enable the mistletoe to suck the nutrients from its host hence why it is only ever found on living trees. The mistletoe plants can be either male or female, but only the female bears the berries which, by the way, are highly toxic. The great thing about using mistletoe for magical purposes is that you do not have to take it internally. It can be used in many different ways. And here are some. Carried in a pouch if you are ill hung over your door to draw love towards you. You can place leaves in a sachet and give them to a woman who is having fertility problems. can be used in a working to end strife and discord in your life. Follow the ways of the druid and hang bunches to bring yourself abundance. So, very briefly, those are some of the uses of mistletoe and some of the legends that surround it. So now... I'm going to jump back into another piece of music. After that, I'll bring you the final piece of this Yule um, musing. And this is a Yuletide fairy story. Again, don't forget this show is sponsored by Magic Planet Performing Arts, creating a global community through performance. I'll see you after the break. to shine 
Coming to an internet site near you very shortly is a brand new business, The Witch's Shop. It caters for everything a witch, pagan or druid could possibly need for any occasion. So to find us, visit www.the-witches-shop.co.uk or you could find us on Facebook. So remember, for everything you could possibly need in your witch's broom cupboard, visit the-witches-shop.co.uk Sometimes we need an extra pair of hands when looking after an elderly relative, or we need a little help as we approach our twilight years. We specialise in providing a personal care service. Our experienced care team can provide assistance with bathing, shopping, meal preparation at reasonable and competitive rates. Please contact Alison on 01271 864 886. Candor Care, providing care in the community. Warm, comforting, and crafted with love. Old world style and grace, handmade to your specifications. Each item is truly unique and all handmade. If you are looking for something bold and showy, or something just like Grandma used to make, search Cozy Crochet and Crafts on Facebook. The Mrs. Mop's range of chutneys and preserves includes traditional family recipes and our own creations using surprising new flavours in amazing combinations. All our chutneys are free from artificial preservatives and by always using the best locally sourced ingredients we are helping to maintain our local economy. Our range is continually growing and you can try them for yourself by booking one of our Come Taste With Me parties. You supply the wine and we'll even bring the crackers. To book a party, call us on 07581 735 769 or email admin at mrsmopschutneys.co.uk Oh, by the way, Mrs Mops Chutneys can now be bought from Nana Sue's on Ilfracombe High Street. Wish Upon A Star Weddings is a place where dreams come true. Our aim is to make your wedding day one of the most magical and memorable days of your life. We will assist in making your dreams into reality and make your special day as unique as you are. We create packages that are specifically designed for you and taking into account your budget, your day can be as modest or as lavish as you wish. You are in control. Choose venues from country mansions through to contemporary hotels with stunning views. Whatever you have in mind, we will be able to work with you to create something extra special. You can speak to Kim on 01271 862 944 or 07811 322 962 or you can email her at info at wishuponastarweddings.com. After an hour working out in the gym, I really enjoy nothing more than relaxing with a healing massage therapy. Karen Fergaline of Little Birds is a fully qualified, fully insured massage therapist. But you don't have to go to the gym to enjoy one of the Little Birds treatments. You can enjoy an individual massage, reflexology or aromatherapy sessions. Or maybe you can host one of their pamper parties for you and a group of friends. Or you can organise yourself a group therapy session. To contact Karen, give her a call on 07969 564528. Email her at littlebirdsmassage at gmail.com or visit her website at littlebirds-holistics.co.uk.
We don't cut corners, we clean them, says it all. So if you want fresh, clean carpets, give us a call on 07 Making magical, mystical memories. Merlin. Well, hi and welcome back to this, the third and final part of our Yuletide show, sponsored by Magic Planet Performing Arts, creating a global community through performance. And this is a Yuletide story. Once upon a time, long, long ago, a beautiful young woman lived on a blue and green island. She had many friends on the island, fairies, trees, flowers, rabbits, deer and birds but she was the only person who lived there she wanted to share her friends and their secrets with other people just like her so she began to give birth every month when the moon was hiding she gave birth for the first six months she gave birth to daughters with dark skin and eyes for the last six moons of the year she gave birth to fair-skinned daughters On the seventh month of every year, the first mother gave birth to a magical, sacred oak. As the years turned, many, many daughters were born, and quite a few oak trees as well. The daughters played games with the animals and each other. They climbed in the branches of the oak trees and gathered flowers with the fairies. One day, the first-born daughter of the first mother gave birth herself. The first mother was very proud and happy. Her favourite friend, Oak Tree, who was very, very wise, gave her a silver crown to wear and told her that she was now a grandmother. Soon many of the daughters gave birth and the island became an even happier place, full of babies and big girls and their mothers who all played together with the animals, the trees and the fairies. One night when the moon was hiding, one of the daughters gave birth to a baby that was different from anything they had ever known. It was not a daughter. It was not even an oak tree. It was a baby boy. It was a very dark, cold night, the longest winter's night of the year. So all the daughters and all the animals were snuggled up together to keep cosy and warm. After their excitement of seeing a brand new baby born passed, the daughters and the animals realised that the baby boy was not feeling well. He was not as strong or as warm as the babies and the trees that were usually born on the island. They all began to worry about the new baby and tried to help keep him warm. The animals with the furriest coats pushed up close to the mother and baby. The fairies sprinkled magic dust above him 
and the little girls sang wonderful songs and danced around and around the room. But the baby boy couldn't get warm enough, and soon he was too cold and tired to even cry or to drink the healing milk from his mother. The first grandmother was so afraid for the baby boy. She tried to hide her tears from her daughters and ran out into the forest. The snow was very deep and full of white glitter. She tried to walk, but it was just too deep. So her friend the owl carried up above the snow, filled clouds deep into the magic forest, where her firstborn, most way sacred, wise friend, the oak, lived. The first grandmother intended to ask her friend for advice about the baby boy. When the owl reached the clearing where the sacred first oak tree lived, the grandmother gasped. There was no snow on the ground there, and in the middle of a perfect circle lay her friend the oak. The tree had fallen to the ground and broken into a pile of logs and branches. She rushed to kneel beside the broken tree, and her teardrops turned into sparkling icicles on her cheeks. While she was trying to understand what had happened to her dear friend, a coyote entered the circle and brushed up against her. First the coyote kissed her tears dry, and then whispered a secret. The grandmother nodded, and with the help of the coyote and the owl, she gathered some of the branches from her oldest friend Oak, and they returned to her daughter and the baby boy. Using the gifts from the oak and the secrets from the coyote, the grandmother built the first, very first fire that anyone on the blue-green island had seen. The fairies were shocked. They had never seen anything dance like that without wings. The animals laughed. They had never seen colours so bright except on springtime flowers. The daughters didn't know what to do. They had never felt anything as warm as the summer sand on the beach in the middle of winter. The mother brought the baby boy close to the edge of the fire, closer than anyone else. They were still just a little bit scared of this new thing called fire. The baby boy opened his eyes just a little bit and began to wiggle his fingers. Then he smiled and moved his toes too. When he was warm enough, he snuggled with his mother and drank her milk. Soon everyone was certain the baby boy would be okay. They were all so happy they danced around the fire, singing their favourite special songs and giving little gifts to the fire. The baby boy grew strong and happy because of the gift of the first oak tree. He had many sons of his own and taught them all to plant acorns on the seventh dark moon of the year so that there would always be many, many oak trees on the island. Every winter, on the longest, coldest, darkest night of the year, all the people who lived on the blue and green island built a very special fire. They brought in a special tree and honoured it with shiny ornaments and glittery fairy dust. They picked one very special branch or log and sang their favourite songs while they decorated it. Then they would give this beautiful log to the fire as a present, and all the children would hear the story of the gift of the first oak tree. On the longest night of the year, whenever you light a candle or build a fire, remember the story of the first grandmother and the coyote who told her the secret.
no matter how cold and dark it seems, the sun will always be reborn and bring us warmth and light again. What a fantastic story and thank the goddess for bringing that to me to share with you at this magical time of year. And so I'm going to wind up now with a final piece of music then I'll sort of pop in back and just wish you a blessing. So uh, let's wind down with the sound of legend and hold the flame. of Middle Earth, the man with the magical fingers, Merlin. 
Well, that was The Sound of Legend and a track called Hold the Flame, released on their Pagan Media album in 1996. That was the first track that I ever came across by the band. I made friends with uh, a couple of the players, and uh, we're still friends today, which is great. So anyway, that brings me to the end of the show. I would like to wish you peace, love, light and happiness at this very, very special time of our year. Have a great Yule. May the goddess go with you in everything that you do. I'd like to thank Magic Planet Performing Arts for sponsoring the show and would also like to add that if you too wish to sponsor your own show or sponsor a show with us, then all you need to do is just drop us a line to uh, cauldronfm at gmail.com You can catch up with us on Facebook. We do have two presences there, Cauldron FM as a group and Cauldron FM the Sound of Magic as another group. And you'd be very, very welcome if you'd care to join us. We're also on Twitter, and you can find us as Cauldron FM on there. And so uh, maybe this will be the last time that I actually speak to you during 2011. So I wish you the very, very best for 2012. Have a great Yule, have a wonderful New Year, and I'll see you early in 2012 with the new Musing of Merlin. So... Until then, love, light and blessed be. Why not email the studio now at coldronfm at gmail.com. I'm Emma and I like nothing more than sitting down and listening to Coldron FM. Coldron FM is a Moonshadow Media production. Yes, one take! Ha <laughs> ha!